Good morning, boys and girls. How are you? Good. Did you come to the, the dedication ceremonies out in the Rotunda and Concourse? Were you here for that? Some? Mm-hmm. Did you like that? That was fun, wasn't it? It's was different, but fun. And we hope that your whole life that you're in this church, that you'll be able to enjoy these buildings and your children's Sunday school classes, and you'll be able to move around and enjoy all that those new buildings make possible. But we're glad you're here especially. Did you see it raining this morning? Boy, it was pouring down, wasn't it? But God knew that we needed that rain, so he provides it even when we had hoped for otherwise. We trust God to do what's best. All right, I think Miss Reagan Bozeman has the Happy Club bag. Is that right? Let's see what she brought to share with us. Good night. What is this? It's heavy. I have no idea. Uh-oh. <laughs> Reagan, what is this? A cat. Is this a kitty cat? And the kitty cat's in her bed. Does the cat do something? What's the little button? It used to purr, but the battery doesn't work anymore. Okay. Well, here's the kitty cat's bed, and here's a, is this another friend? Do they have names? What's their names? Mm, I forgot. Forgot, okay. Well, I know they have names. And what do you do with them? You play with them and love them? Mm. Well, these, these kitty cats, can you see them? This one's in her bed. This one's asleep. This one is awake. And, and that, you know what that reminds me, boys and girls, is that whether we are asleep or awake, who is always watching us? God is watching us. Just as Reagan can see these kitty cats, one's asleep and one's awake, God is watching us all the time. So that's why we want to do things that please him and that honor him and that he'll, he'll, that'll make him happy because we know God's always watching whether we're asleep or awake or walking down a road or sitting in a chair or in our home, or in our school, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, God is watching. So that, that, that can help us, too, to know that he's going to protect us, and he has our very best interest in mind always. All right? Let's pray and thank God for watching after us and protecting us. <clears throat> you pray after me. Dear God, thank you for watching us and loving us and taking care of us when we're asleep and when we're awake you're there thank you in jesus name amen y'all like kind of tired are y'all tired this morning no yes some of you are some of you are well i'm glad you're here anyway we're going to get excited as we worship the lord miss sabina we need to give it to a boy don't we yes coleman coleman Mangum, take the Happy Club bag and bring me back something special next Sunday. Boys and girls, if you'd like to go to children's worship, you can go with Miss Sabina. Thank you, Reagan.
Psalm 95.1. Please stand as we sing. Come, Christians, join to sing.
God, you've been so good to us. You sent us a timely rain when we needed it for the crops that's in the ground. Lord, some 10 years ago, we had a wonderful problem. Our Sunday school rooms were running over for the children. We made renovations to try to provide more space. We eventually bought a building across the street to move adults over to have more room for the children. Still, that was not enough. So, Lord, we started some three years ago planning on a building program to provide us ample space for now and hopefully for the future. God, when the contract was signed for this building, the bottom had fallen out of the stock market. The economy was down. Layoffs were rampant. We didn't know what the future was. But, Lord, we trusted in you. We stepped out on faith, said we needed these Sunday school rooms for our children. And Lord, you have blessed us. You've blessed the contractors as our buildings come together. You've blessed our giving program as our pledges have been met and even exceeded to date. Lord, we just thank you for so many blessings that you've given this church. But we're ever mindful, Lord, that Whoever is blessed needs to turn around and do the blessing. So use us now, Lord, in your mission field, both here in Tifton, Tiff County, and all around the world, Lord, through our media, through transportation, through sending missionaries, to providing for money for missionaries, whatever the need, Lord, place it upon our hearts. Take this money now, Lord, that we give and bless it. Use it, Lord, to your glory. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.
of our God, and we are here to worship Him. My message this morning is entitled, Let's Dream Big, and it comes from Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 9, where Isaiah has a vision of a new heaven and a new earth and a new kingdom on earth. And the changes that will be wrought as such a kingdom is established. Isaiah dreamed big because he had a big God. And so do we. Isaiah 11 verse 1 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the girdle of his waist and faithfulness the girdle of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed, their young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play over the hole of the asp, the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This image that Isaiah has, has been called the peaceable kingdom, where natural born enemies lie down together in peace and harmony. That's the dream, the vision that God gave Isaiah long before the coming of the Messiah and the coming of the kingdom of God. Let's dream big, shall we pray? Father, as we gather here, wrapping up the physical expression of a building program and then opening a new chapter of service and ministry, open our eyes to the future and the possibilities of what you want to accomplish among us. Help us not look backward or rest on our laurels or lower our gaze, but help us see your purpose for us and respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's dream big. How big might your dreams be? As with many things, there are big dreams and little dreams. You can dream about a new house, or a new earth. You can dream about growth in your salary or growth in the kingdom of God. You can dream of peace with your boss or peace on earth. How big are your dreams and do your dreams exceed your own little world? It started like many evenings, mom and dad at home and Jimmy playing after dinner. Mom and dad absorbed in their activities, not really noticing the time. It was a full moon and Some of the light seeped in through the windows. Then mom saw the clock and said, Jimmy, it's time for you to go to bed. Go up now and I'll come up and settle you later. Well, unlike usual, Jimmy went right upstairs to his room. An hour or so later, his mother came up to check if 
all was well in the tucky men, and to her astonishment, she found that Jimmy was already in bed, covered up, looking out his window at the moonlit scenery. What are you doing, Jimmy? She asked. I'm looking at the moon, Mom. Well, it's time to go to bed, and as the reluctant little boy settled down, he said, Mom, you know what? One day I'm going to walk on that moon. Who could have known that that boy in whom the dream was planted that night would bring that dream to fruition 32 years later when James Irwin stepped on the moon's surface, just one of 12 human beings to have done so. Let's dream big is important because our dreams determine who we are and what we become. You think about all the things that shape your character, that go into making you who you are, and you have to factor in your dreaming, the power of your imagination to picture new possibilities because what you think and dream goes a long way in determining who you will become. And conversely, I think a lot of our failures are simply failures of our imagination, of not being able to dream. Think about it. A man and a woman find their marriage wandering through a barren wilderness of emotion. They can't imagine, they can't dream how it might be different years later. They can't imagine or dream anything better. So unable to picture new possibilities, they seek relief with lawyers and a dissolution of the relationship. Put it in a more positive perspective, big dreams prepare you for big tasks and strengthen your resolve to accomplish them because every task is going to have obstacles and problems and struggles and it is only that vision, that dream of the final goal that will carry you through those hardships and help you see it through. An alcoholic has to imagine the joys of a sober life. A novelist has to imagine a 300-page book that will entertain and inspire its readers one day. A contractor has to imagine a completed building. What we dream strongly influences who we become. It's why it is so essential to dream big. Because the size of our dreams in many ways determines the size of our spiritual lives. Small dreams lead to small service on behalf of a small God. But great dreams lead to a great service on behalf of a great God. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah dreamed of something bigger and better, not just for himself or his own family, but Isaiah dreamed the coming of a king who would be so filled with the Spirit of God, so dedicated to the will of the Lord that Justice would just break forth spontaneously and create a brand new society. Isaiah dreamed of a day when the poor would be treated with equity and the oppressed with justice. A time of blessedness when all the creation would be restored to its perfection as it was in the Garden of Eden. A time where all the animals that were natural enemies, look at this, a wolf, and a lamb together, a leopard and a kid together, a calf and a lion together, all these animals that are natural enemies living in peace and harmony together. And a little child will lead them. It's called the peaceable kingdom, and Isaiah dreamed of a time of such deliverance 
from fear and danger that a baby could crawl over the hole of a poisonous snake and a child could use a snake's den for his playhouse. A time without pain or destruction, without fear, when all the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the Lord just as the waters cover the sea. No small dream for Isaiah. And as a result, Isaiah had no small God. Neither did the Apostle Paul. As he reflected on the God he met in Jesus Christ, his vision was expanded like he's lifted up with the wings of eagles into heights from which he could see creation groaning from its bondage to decay. And from this vision of worldwide distress came a dream of a worldwide healing, not just a fantasy, but a dream based in Jesus himself, a dream from God in which Paul imagined the entire universe, things on the earth and things in heaven reconciled, brought together by the blood of the cross, How else could Paul have withstood all the stonings and shipwrecks and imprisonments? Paul had a dream, he had a vision that inspired great service on behalf of a great God. Here it is in Romans 8, verse 21. Because creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain a glorious liberty of the children of God, we know the whole creation has been groaning in travail Together until now, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. What a dream Paul had. Such a dream was necessary to keep him going through the difficulties of his life. Think of the dean of the cathedral in Seville gathering his people together in July of 1491 and saying to them, let's build a church so great that those who come behind us will think us mad to have attempted it. Where are those dreamers today? Where are the men and women aflame with the passion of Isaiah who long for something more from God than just a little help with their own personal problems, who cannot be content with their own world, as long as the rest of the world is marred by violence and people are dying of starvation and preventable diseases, you just can't be satisfied. Where are the dreamers who look forward to a new heaven and a new earth who will not be at ease in Zion until all the earth is filled with the knowledge of God just as the waters cover the sea? Well, I thank God a lot of those dreamers are in this congregation this morning. As I looked out across your faces in the dedication ceremony, I was, I was reminded of how many dreamers it has taken over the years to keep this church alive. It takes dreamers to push a church to venture out in faith sometimes, to do things it might otherwise fear doing, but is willing to take that step of faith anyway because that church sensed God's leadership in it. Do you remember the Bible verse that was the theme for our forward in faith campaign. It came from 1 Chronicles 28.10. And it said, God has chosen you to build his holy house. Be strong, determined, and do it. And that's what you did. A dream, a vision brings life and it helps us thrive and it, it causes us to reach beyond our grasp to make a stretch forward. 
I remember learning as a child the saying, if you don't reach for the stars, you'll never get above the treetops. And so we reach and we stretch and we succeed. And now our dream for those new buildings has become a reality. It's time to dream again. This time an even greater dream about how these new spaces can be filled with people, boys and girls and men and women used to capacity, bringing glory to the name of God, here to worship Him, to learn about Him, to study Him, and to prepare to go out and serve and minister in His name. Our dreams determine our spiritual lives. But there's one final point I want to make this morning. I guess it's a sort of warning. The problem isn't simply that little dreams produce little results for a little God. But little dreams, I think, actually keep us from seeing just how great a God we serve. Not only do our dreams influence who we are, but they also influence what we are able to see. Because let's face it, we can't see everything at once, so we practice selective perception. We tend to see things that we are tuned into. Our eyes tend to follow our hearts, our, what we're familiar with, what we're looking for. Our eyes will naturally see. Haven't you noticed that when you buy a new car, all of a sudden you see all these other cars that look just like yours on the road? Or ladies, if you buy a new outfit, or men too, I guess you, all of a sudden you see those outfits everywhere you go. The law of selective perception works in the spiritual life too. The place where you invest your heart will most likely be the place where you see the presence of God. For instance, the dedication ceremony this morning will mean the most to those who have invested the most in it with their time and resources and energy and efforts and prayer. It'll mean little to those who have invested little in it. Invest much, receive much. Invest little, receive little. I've rediscovered this truth in my own life these past few weeks. As I've shared with you, my mom had hip replacement surgery two weeks ago tomorrow. I've been in Atlanta five times in the last two weeks, spending time with her in pre-op and through surgery and then moving her to rehab and then visiting her in rehab and then taking her to the follow-up appointment at the doctor's office. Prior to that, I had gotten to Decatur only about once a quarter because I work on weekends. And it's just hard to get away and make the trip and visit her like a good son should. But I tell you what, taking the time and making the sacrifice to go and see her more frequently and spend time with her has not been a burden. It's just made me love her even more. Because what you invest yourself in, you love more. It's true. He who gives little, loves little. He who gives much, loves much. And it's the same way with heaven. Heaven will mean the most and will be enjoyed the most by those who have invested something in it. It will mean little to those who have invested little in it. What you dream about either opens or closes your eyes to the presence of God in this world and in the next. Bill Hybels has written a great book entitled Courageous Leadership. He's pastor of Willow Creek Community Church in South Barrington, Illinois. And that book has a passage in it that just keeps inspiring me. About once a week, I go back to it and read it 
and uh, the hairs on the back of my neck bristle again and I get all worked up. Bill Hybel says that once you determine what God's will is for your life, once you determine what his purpose is for you here on earth, then you have to do, and I quote, he says, give your life to it. Give all the money you can give. Give all the service you can give. Give all the prayers you can give. Give whatever you have to give because for all eternity, you'll look back over your shoulder and be glad you did. So if you're looking for significance in your life, and I would like to think that all of us are, significance will never come from how many hours you spend behind the desk or how nice a home you live in. It won't come from how many friends you have or how much money you have stashed away or how much power you influence people with. Significance comes from your willingness to serve others and minister in God's name. Significance comes from being in a relationship with God and fulfilling His purpose for your life. And to the extent to you, that you do that, that significance will fill your life and give it meaning. To the extent that you avoid it, you're just spinning your wheels and wasting your time here on earth. Here's an example. When baby Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem, few people took notice. Most of the people that day were dreaming little dreams about themselves. Herod the king didn't notice that God had arrived in the flesh because he was too busy dream, dreaming about himself and his own power, which he sought to protect. He was a little dreamer. The religious leaders in that day didn't take notice of the presence of God and the baby either. They were too busy dreaming about their own spirituality and authority. Little worldly dreamers. But a few people noticed. Remember the old man named Simeon? Jesus was in diapers when his parents brought him to the temple to present him to the Lord according to the custom to offer sacrifice. That's when old Simeon spotted him. Simeon had been promised that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah with his own eyes. And now those eyes were clouded with cataracts and his arms barely strong enough to lift up a little baby. But Simeon had been waiting too long for this moment. He had dreamed a dream that would not let him go. He would not give up hope. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for the consolation of all Israel. Luke tells us not the consolation of his own soul, not the consolation of his small family. He dreamed for nothing less than the consolation of an entire nation. And this is what he says in Luke 2, verse 29, when he lays his eyes on Jesus, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to thy people, Israel. It was a big dream for Simeon. But it took that dream to open his eyes. Salvation in the presence of all peoples. Revelation to the Gentiles. Glory to Israel. He was waiting patiently, dreaming for those things to happen. Big dreams, and they opened up his eyes to the presence of God when he appeared as a little baby coming to the temple to offer sacrifice. 
Robert Browning said, a man's reach should exceed his grasp. Or what's a heaven for? In other words, heaven helps us reach beyond our grasp, helps us envision the possibilities and dream big dreams. First Baptist Tifton, Georgia has been doing that for 120 years. And you've just done it again today. And we'll continue to reach beyond our grasp until that time when Jesus comes again. Now that our dreams have become a reality, it's time to dream again. And let's dream big dreams for God. Shall we pray? Father, as these buildings come to fruition, a page in a chapter closes, and we take stock of that and celebrate it. But also a new page and a new chapter is getting ready to open, and we're excited about that too. And Father, we want to dream big dreams for you. We want to see a great vision that you're giving us not just for our own lives or families or even our church. We want to dream a dream for this world and the impact we can have on it if we are faithful, if we tell others the good news of Jesus Christ, if we open our arms and welcome them and love them, if we disciple them and prepare them to go out and tell others themselves. We want to be a faithful link in that chain from past to future. And be found faithful doing our part when you come to call us home. We want to be able to look back over our shoulder and know that you have been pleased with what we have allowed you to do through us. Father, we thank you for this day. We look forward to tomorrow. Give us a dream as big as you. And help us share it with the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing an invitational hymn, Now I Belong to Jesus. Sheila Ridley came in the early service uniting with our church upon transfer of letter. The doors of our fellowship are open still. Maybe you need to profess your faith publicly, having done so in recent days privately. Maybe you need to rededicate your life, or you'd like to come and join our church upon transfer of letter, whatever your decision, I'll be at the front. You come as we stand together and sing, Now I Belong to Jesus. Mm -hmm.